Are we good? I think so. It, yeah, I think that should be. Yeah. Is it too far from? I, I think we're about equidistant. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a little. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Hello, uh, Father Michael. Hello, Stratty. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. You have something in your eye? I have something in my eye. Oh, man. That's rough on oh. <laughs> It's, you know. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, it's been captured now, so we. Yeah, so everybody's going to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's real life. That's yeah, real life. You know, and we're trying to, we always try to portray real life. Exactly. This is, you know, I think people know when, when you're, you're fake. And uh, yeah. even though we can try to be real, sometimes we're fake anyway. And Well, if you're trying to do something. Right. If you're trying, oh gosh, that's, that's tough. <laughs> Just don't try. Just don't try. But then when you, when you, when you try not to try, then you get all funked out. And it's, if you uh, try not to try. But if you try before you try, when you try, you won't try. If you try before you try, you don't when you try. If you die before you, you die, die, you won't die when you die. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you try before you try, then you won't try when you try. So what are you trying to do before you try? <laughs> We're not going to get into it. We're not going <laughs> to. I don't even. It's, I couldn't even follow that last one. too deep for our, our time here. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about uh, desire. Yes. Um, so uh, what you know? What about what about desire? I mean, what what are we exactly? What exactly are we getting into? Well, here's today? the question: Is it possible to not desire? I I don't think so. Okay. I so, think that desire is a human fundamental. So it's not whether whether or not you desire, but it is what or whom you desire. Perhaps we could say. Sure. So is well, I mean, let's let's dig into that a little bit because maybe some of our listeners don't agree. And and quite honestly, I, I, I want to dig into it more just to make sure that I have a, a good, real grasp on what that actually means. Because, I don't know, maybe maybe there is a sense in which you can stop desiring. And I certainly, I don't always feel that I'm desiring something, but maybe deep down inside, I am. So, like, what, yeah, yeah what, first of all, what is, what, what are we talking about when we're talking about desire? What is this, right. yeah. this uh, you know, and, and in, a, in a previous conversation... Um, that we've had, we've talked about desire and we've talked about it in relation to loneliness. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, loneliness is a topic that is particularly relevant. I think today, I mean, certainly it's been relevant throughout all of human history, but, um, but I think it's perhaps exacerbated a little bit because of our, because of the promise of connectivity that we've been, um, that, that's been made to us or that, you know, certain social media platforms have made or whatnot, that we, we can be connected globally. We can be connected with anybody at any time. And that is a, that's sort of a, a high bar um, to shoot for. And the question is, is, does it always feel that way? I mean, on one level, yes, we have access to information about people. We have access to being able to communicate on a certain yeah. level but are we actually connected. connected on that deeper level? I think oftentimes we feel actually the opposite, that mm-hmm. the more connected we are on a surface level, the, the more isolated and alone we are on that deeper kind of existential or spiritual level. Yeah, I think level. that there's a lot to be said about actual, like being in the room with somebody else. Right. You know, like, you know, you can, you can talk online all you want, even audi- audibly. You know, even visually, you can you can see the other person. Um, but if that's the only connection that you have, I mean, this is a generalization, but I think that there is something to be said about actually being in the room with that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, being next to them, doing you know, you know, watching something. Even if you're just watching TV, mm-hmm. you know, it, even though you're not interacting, you know, you're not talking. Just mm-hmm. be, them being there right. is 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 a lot is more is better than talking about it over the. Over the phone. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's definitely... So we need people around us. It seems that there's definitely something to be said for that flesh and blood, like, you're right here, I can reach out, I can grab you, I can, right. you know, we can give each other a hug. There's we that, can, like, we can physical, fight. we can fight. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, but there's that physicality that even from the various earliest stages of our lives as humans, we need, you know, like, you know, they, they say that, you know, um, infants really thrive on this whole like skin to skin 
contact, right? When when a baby's just born, you know, they recommend that the parent, you know, allows the the infant to be, you know, um, on them mm-hmm. and to not have any, you know, like to to just be skin right. to skin, right? And to to have that kind of skin to skin contact gives a lot as far as our developmental or emotional yeah. kind of our attachment to and to uh, and and yeah, and I think. On, a, on another way, like loneliness, um, on another level rather, loneliness, the way you know where it's where it's healthy is in the monastic, right? You know, context. So this this and that's where I kind of I wanted to go because on the one hand I agree that there is something to be said for the sort of incarnate so, social, yeah, like being being literally in the same in the flesh with each other, yeah. right? Even our you know our theology is all about God right, the becoming not, flesh. Yeah, yeah, right? right, and 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 right. The liturgy, worship, everybody's you know, together. It's everybody's not... together, and you're actually receiving the body and blood of Christ. It's not like you can just like <laughs> the great communion. Yeah, right, right. So there is something about the flesh and the the fleshiness, the the you know incarnate nature of things sure. that's that's essential. But there are a couple of things that we need to kind of say as as disclaimers. A, being in the flesh is not automatically communion, no. right? Because you could. No. As far as worship is concerned, Definitely. you could receive communion like it's candy, and have it not affect you at all. Sure. You're because you're living, you know, a life that's not kind of congruous or whatever. With or you're just not attentive. You're not aware of it. Uh, also, you know, you could be in a room with other people, with yeah. loved ones, with you know people that really care about you and love you, or that you know don't, don't know like you at you, all yeah. or don't like you. And and feel like you're a million miles away, Definitely. right? You know, so so what is this? You know, what does it mean to be with people, to be in communion with people, to be connected with people? What does it mean to be alone, right. to be lonely? I mean, all these things and connecting it back to desire. Where does desire have to do with all of these things? And right. when we were talking earlier on, we, we talked about how loneliness is actually a form of desire. It's an expression, this pang of, of, of um, being alone, not just you know, not having a person around me, but this like deep sense that I am alone, yeah. like this existential kind of spiritual sense that I am alone and that this shouldn't be how it is, right? That I right. shouldn't be alone. I should yeah. be connected. I should be in communion. I should be deeply united with someone, something, yeah. you know, that is, the, that that pang of loneliness is a, pang of desire absolutely right is a pang of desire and ultimately yeah loneliness itself is desire loneliness is itself company. for company yeah. when it becomes problematic it's it's when we have sort of developed this nihilistic view of loneliness that right. it's basically like i'm alone and i want company but company will never come that's where and then we start to kind of isolate ourselves maybe and um you know, and, and kind of develop this sense that I'm not worthy of company, I don't deserve company, or it's just never going to come. And that's like isolation and, right. you know, destructive loneliness. But maybe loneliness in and of itself, I think, is an expression of this really primal desire to be with our beloved. Yeah. You know, and, and, and ultimately, if we want to look at it on a spiritual level, I think loneliness as desire you know, could we say that it is our it is our beloved calling out to us? Right. Right? Yeah. That pang that I feel is the voice of my beloved right. saying, Keep walking through that valley of darkness. Keep walking through that feeling of isolation, through that feeling of being alone, because ultimately we are alone. I mean we're together, we're with people, right, but we have to face life on our own really in the at the end at the end of the day really though right yeah. we have to face death because, on our own because you know we don't we don't have like a <laughs> my mind goes to science fiction you know or you know or, or fantasy i guess but but uh where they talk about like psychic link right we don't know what other people are thinking sure we don't know how other people are feeling sure i mean i can i can look at a person and say i think they're feeling like this but you don't you don't know you yep. don't truly know what what they're feeling, and you don't know what it's like feeling what they're feeling. Right. So that, so we're limited. Yes. 
so in the, so just just basically saying that you're right. You yeah, know, we are isolated. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, we are. We're we're yeah yeah, and we're we're born into this world by ourselves. You could say. I mean, in other words, we all have our own experience of coming into this world, and we all have our own experience of going out of this world, and everything in between is our own experience. As much as we may think we share it with another person yeah. or we share it with a group of people, and we do to an extent. But I think we have to we have to hang on to that reality that that each of us has to face life and does face life on our own. We're the only ones making decisions for ourselves and for what we do. Right, and, and it's un- it's ultimately unhealthy when we develop relationships where other people are making those decisions for oh, yeah. us. I mean, you could you could sort of start that way, like you know maybe yeah. like a parent, right? A parent makes sure, decisions sure. for a child. But in the ultimate sense, right, the whole the whole point of parenting isn't to to sort of um, dictate every move they to make. dictate every move and to kind of like keep your child in a position of dependence, right? right? The point is to raise them up so that they can become their own person and so that they can, they too then yeah. can then you know um, be responsible for their own lives and things like that. So yeah, so the sense that we are we are on our own it can be scary. It can be something we don't want to think about very often. Um, because it is, there's an intensity to it, but I think that's the only path that will lead us to true communion, yeah. which is ultimately communion with God. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask was, what's the relate? We're talking about desire. We're talking about how loneliness can be a manifestation of this desire, a, a, a desire for communion, a desire for presence, the presence of our beloved. How does fear play into all this? No. I mean, fear. we, you know, fear is. Is all is another very primal thing, you know. Where we we have this fight or flight tendency. Needs, fear can can I think it can spawn any kind of uh, you know any kind of reaction to the world. Whether whether you're putting other people down because mm-hmm. you're you have a fear of uh, of that you're not good enough, right? You know, or not you know like um, like maybe it's your way of asserting that you're good enough mm-hmm. or that you are cool mm-hmm. <laughs> or that you're, you know, you're popular. So you put other people down, even, yeah. even your friends, you know, maybe you don't mean, you know, you don't realize it. Sure. Um, but what's the, yeah, the fear, fe- the fear of the fear that you're not, there's something wrong with you. Maybe. Sure. You know, and even that, that fear can manifest, manifest itself in all kinds of problematic things. Yeah. Uh, fear of loneliness, fear of commitment, right? <laughs> Which I know takes us in a different kind of different direction, yeah. but even that fear can. So the fear, fear itself, as an emotion, as a as an experience, is pain, right? Yeah. I mean, there's certainly pain involved with fear, and it's and it's uh, and we know, you know, from our kind of pain instincts, is that is that uh, you know, fear is a, a a way to protect us from danger, right? right? I mean, it's a it's a mechanism, yeah, that has been designed to alert us to when something is happening that is going to harm us, right? On any level, it could mm-hmm. be physical, like we're walking down a dark alleyway and we get the right. the heebie-jeebies and our our you know hair stands up on its head, right? You know, on, on its head, our hair on stands its on its head. End. Our ha- hairs are. Or standing stand on end, <laughs> whatever, whatever that expression is. They stand on end. They stand on end. Okay. They they don't stand on the top of their head. <laughs> our our hairs do a, a headstand. Um, <laughs> I just in my brain, I just saw hairs. Like right. <laughs> yes. So that, that 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 happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you we get, get chills. We get chills. Creeped we, out. Yeah, we get creeped out. You know, it's like okay. Somebody times unfounded. Right. And many times unfounded, but not always. You go right? into your basement, there's nothing there. Right. It's, but it always creeps you out. It always creeps you out. But there, there you know, that uh, that rush of adrenaline, that that that's that sense of fear is meant to when there is danger, right? When there actually is real danger, it it wakes us up. Yeah. It kind of pierces us. Yeah. And we're like, we're vigilant. We're ready. We're 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 tense. We're ready for action. We're ready to to either fight or or, or run. Um, and so that 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 jolt of a fear is a is a um, is ultimately again this I want to connect it to desire and, yeah. and I want to see what you think about this is is that fear that jolt of 
of adrenaline of um, you know of okay you know something's happening that is also it's kind of a primal desire for self-preservation it's a desire to to remain alive right yeah. so fear is a desire to be to remain to survive okay okay yeah. isn't it yeah when, i mean can we no it is yeah at the, at the, at the, i'm trying to i'm trying to connect fear at and the desire. fundamental level sure right it's yeah. a it's a uh it, 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 it like like deep down inside right mm-hmm. even even beyond our thinking and our even our senses mind, our senses you know like we smell something it smells bad right because it can hurt us yeah so right? we, we we ultimately we want to stay alive we have right. this instinct yeah, yeah, yeah. from the very get-go of staying alive right oh, yeah oh 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 staying alive oh my god okay <laughs> every episode i know we, get... <laughs> we gotta stay alive Staying alive. Yep. Staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stay alive. Oh. Yeah. So so from the very beginning, we have this instinct or we have this desire to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And anything that threatens that desire is met with fear because that fear is like a shield. Yeah. Or it's kind of like our first barrier, our first shield that yeah, allows to, us to I'm run away I'm trying to think of something it. else that, no. Yeah. That's really what. But the yeah. heart of it is a desire for life, yeah. a desire to, to not die. Yeah, basically. Um, which is interesting in and of itself is that, like, instinctually, right. we want to be alive. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it? At the heart of it, we, we desire life. Right. Even just survive, like, biologically, we want to stay mm-hmm. alive. Even, even animals. Even animals. Yeah. Yeah. Like, life is desirable yeah. at its most primal level. You know, that, that right there is uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Because, like, if we take all of this out of... You know, if we take all of this from the perspective of of the nihilistic or, or you know, what they say, Darwin sure. and, and evolution, that this is all random. Sure. Why? Why don't we just die? Or why don't why, why, why do can't we, we want desire to be, alive? To, be to, to to be dead? You know, why why do why do we want to live? What's what's the driving? What created what's what created the desire for yeah, life? Exactly. I think that, why is life central? Right. That's fascinating. It is fascinating. And people, we're, we're only 20 minutes in. All right. Yes. <laughs> Success. 17. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, people make the argument that that Christians or religious people yeah. are sort of like they worship life. And that, you know, like somebody who is more of like I a nihilist. Yeah. Someone who's more of like a nihilist is like, well, what's the big deal with life? Like, <laughs> how about death? Like, isn't death great? You know, it's like, oof. Creepy. It's a different conversation. It is, and and I'm just I just want yeah, to yeah, acknowledge yeah, yeah. that because I I don't want to just like take that for granted. Um, yeah, you know. But I do think that it seems to me, in my humble opinion, interpretation of things, that life seems to be pretty central even before we can choose it. It's sort of it it is it is what we choose from the moment where we're out of the womb, right? And probably even, even before. before that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, babies eat. Yeah. They don't just stop eating. Right, they don't stop eating. They're they're desiring to be alive. Yeah. So even from the very beginning, right. life desires to survive. Life right. desires to not go extinct. There's this there is this very primal desire to and and fear is this 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 protection against against destruction, against against death. Um, but as you said, there are many instances where real danger is not there right and yet we still have that fear right i think that's what i was pointing out before with the examples of you know people who put other people down or whatever and they have fears right that are are not so what is that necessarily necessarily primal although i guess you could trace it all back well on a psychological Uh, level you know spiritual level it's like it's the ego right right It's it's like you know i self-preservation not necessarily just on a biological right like, right, right right like i just want to my yeah. heart to keep beating right but it's it's also like i want to maintain my something. sense of self right right yeah like my sense of that i am something and someone mm-hmm. and to be or that i am someone right you want to you want to push the con- the concept the that I. you are someone the i the ego right yeah yeah the ego you have a problem in your own uh self-esteem yeah, I think it's it gets pretty trippy when we start to think about that self that that instinct for self preservation for for the preservation of our life beyond just the biological level, right? Because again, there's that 
primal instinct of like walking down the street and like like sensing real physical danger yeah. coming somehow right. and and either deciding to run or to fight um but then there's like there's the more kind of like social emotional relational right dynamic where it's like someone's putting you down somebody is right. hurting your sense of self right and mm-hmm. you are protecting that there's a self-preservation there too that's not necessarily physical but it's more uh, emotional more right. um you know more it's kind of more subtle yeah um and uh yeah what is that selfhood that you're desiring to protect what is the what is is it an idea of who i am is it a yeah. kind of a, a sense of you know this is how i should be this you know you know what i think it comes down to mm pain and pleasure it's the pain and pleasure thing it's like sure so i've i developed this i developed this sense of who i am based off of um pleasure based off of um desiring what what is pleasing ultimately what's pleasurable and fearing what's painful right right and so i construct this idea of who i am or who i should be that ultimately is um going to give me the most amount of pleasure and right. help me avoid the most amount of pain. Mm-hmm. I think that's primal too. That's that's goes to the heart of of our instincts yeah. is to seek pleasure and avoid pain, mm-hmm. right? Um, where it starts to get a little complicated, especially you know from our perspective as Orthodox Christians, is in a fallen world, right? It's not always as obvious as you think. What is going to give you lasting pleasure and what's going to give you superficial pleasure what's going to give you lasting pain and what's going to give you short-term pain right right? so it's like yeah you know that donut is going to give me pleasure it tastes great and i and i desire it and i'm going to eat it once it's well once it's consumed unfortunately it's not only nothing but it's painful oftentimes i mean my stomach kind of hurts afterwards and you know I regret the decision and, you know, and, and on another level, it's like, uh, you know, I, I seek the esteem, the, the honor, the, the, I seek to please other people. Um, and, um, and, uh, that, because I feel like if I, if, if other people see me in a good light, that's going to give me pleasure because Mm it, it's, it continues to feed this, Mm -hmm idea of myself that is pleasurable that's pleasing this image of myself that i kind of cling to because it's like it's a pleasing image and so if other people affirm that in me then uh then um you know then it's pleasurable right Right, but but ultimately again somehow is that is that does that fulfill me there's a there's a pleasure that kind of stimulates me and arouses my desire and my kind of short-term sense of ooh that feels good when when Strati says that that I'm a really good podcaster right. you know I I say that so often yeah I mean it's like every time we talk it's like oh man, oh, you're, man. Such a good podcaster. you're such a good podcaster <laughs> I don't even know what that means but, I don't either um, are we doing a podcast oh right that's why this microphone I thought we were just having a conversation oh what shoot you, what are you doing here oh my goodness just broke the fourth wall yes talking to a hi microphone. guys nice to nice to see your we can't see you. No. I see a microphone. I see you groaning right now and being like, that is <laughs> the worst joke. No. You have to see it through the future, be editing this. Right, exactly. Anyway. And it may be there, may not be. It may, that's... Um, <laughs> right, so it's like... Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I mean, I think that even, even in making this podcast, you know, I derive pleasure from making this podcast. Sure. You don't do Me things. Too. You don't purposefully drop yourself on into a fire. Unless you're a... Weirdo, yeah, <laughs> sadist or masochist? Which one is to yourself? A masochist is to yourself. A sadist is to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So unless you derive pleasure from inflicting, um, unless you derive pleasure, <laughs> okay. it's an imperfect podcast. That's right. Unless you derive pleasure from inflicting pain on, which is that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other. So that may I don't even even higher like above our above pay grade. our pay grade. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we need a psychiatrist. Exactly. Is. Like, why do people do that? That's right. well. I mean, well, we could say. I mean, yeah, there, yeah, at there's a base a, level. There's a... a pathological thing there, but on a base level, anger and violence 
do have a pleasure to them, right? Like that, the arousal of anger when someone does something that bothers me is pleasurable. If it weren't pleasurable, we wouldn't do it. There's yeah. there's something pleasurable yeah, about that. That we would explosion, be standing up that during outburst. this podcast. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. We would be standing up. We'd be standing up if we didn't like sitting. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We'd be standing up. But th- this is where it starts to get a little bit more complex and nuanced. Is that at a certain on a certain level we we desire comfort, right? Mm. But then we also realize that we while we desire physical comfort, physical comfort doesn't satisfy our deepest desires. Yeah. Right. So like. I could be the most physically comfortable person in the world. I could have the most comfortable couch, I the most am. comfortable this house. <laughs> yes, you know, it's like, and and yet, right? It's not enough. It just something about it gets very stale very quickly. Yeah. Right. So, what does it mean to desire comfort? You know, and 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 what kind of comfort do we desire? And then we start to realize, wait a second, I I am very it is very desirable for me to sit on a comfortable couch. I do desire the comfort of physical, my body being sort yeah. of at rest. But there is a comfort that I derive from helping somebody, right? From you know altruism, from being sort of other-focused that while it may afflict some sort of initial inflict some sort of initial uh, pain because I have to get off my couch right. or I have to focus on somebody else and not on my own problems or I have to, you know, um, get up early in the morning to take care of somebody or, you know, while those kinds of things cause me temporary pain, right. I am, there's a deeper comfort, a deeper rest, a deeper and more abiding sense of, of, mm-hmm. um, pleasure yeah 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 so it's not that we you know it's like all pleasures bad or like right you know it's like no from on a deep level we desire pleasure right pleasure to me is like is like the experience the quality of life right it's yeah. like when we say that babies want to stay alive or animals want to stay alive right yeah. it's like what what do they want to stay alive for right you know i think it's the, it's they want to stay alive so they can experience pleasure I think pleasure is the content of that life that we desire to maintain. Right. You know, it's like I want to feel good. I want to feel, um, you know, just kind of, yeah. Like I think you, I think you hit it right then right. and there when you you know you said if you want to feel good. Yeah. You want to yeah. I don't want to feel bad. No, you don't want to feel bad, and you want to. But it's, it's a question of what does it mean to feel good? Right. That's the question. It's like, I want to feel good. Yeah. You know, I want to be alive, but what does it mean to be alive? Does it just mean <laughs> That might be breathing? above my pay grade. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's deep. It's a deep, ugh. I mean, it's a deep. Uh, Maybe it's, it's a, too abstract. Well, no, I mean, no, I don't think it's too abstract. I think that it, it could it could become too abstract right. possibly. Yeah. But I think on, on, its, on its own, it, I mean, I think I've, I've thought about this before. I don't yeah. think that it's that... Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely the question of our of our age. Yes, you know, because as as sci- science has progressed, you know, we're we're so much more complex in our what, what we think. I mean, yeah, you know, we're no longer, you know, life is so much different than it was a long time ago. Yes, you know, and and I think you know in those days they probably didn't. Not everybody thought about this. Yes, you know, but today I think that because we, as 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 we have also been able to go all the way down to the to the microbiological level, you know, where we can see the tiny down to the atom, mm-hmm. you and, know, and even subatomic. Right, stuff, yeah. right. We also are trying to find that within ourselves, the deepest parts, sure, of ourselves. So it's definitely not too abstract. Yeah, because it pertains to our own consciousness. Yeah, our own experience of of being alive, but not just being alive, like my heart's beating, my brain's functioning. Right, right. We like, want to know more. Yeah, what does it mean to really? And I think that a uh, find life in a world that you know little by little strays away from the Christian worldview. So does popular understanding of these things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's why you know not to toot this podcast's own horn. Although maybe I should play like trumpets right now. Do-do-do. There it is. 
I played that. That did not come out of Father Michael's uh, mouth. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Debatable. But... Might have. Yeah, might have. Um, but, but I think that these topics, you know, away from the just standard theological discussion, mm-hmm. they're not that far away from, from the, the essence and the core of, of theology mm-hmm. and, and the meaning of reality. Yeah. Because I think that no matter how much scientists uh, probe into the unknown, they're never going to really discover what the, on that level, just by itself, yes. they're never going to uncover the mystery of reality. Right. No matter how many subatomic particles, if only they only discover more as to how mysterious reality is, sure. the further they go down, they're not actually discovering anything that wasn't already there. Right. No, when they said they discovered America, it was there. Right. <laughs> For yeah, billions dis- of discovery billions. Discovery is, is, a, is a kind of a tricky word. Right. We discovered this. Did right. you? It was already there. Yeah. You just found out about it. Yeah. So you didn't know it was there. If, if I am the center of the universe and I, dis- <laughs> right. and, I, and I find out that something's there, then the center of the universe has discovered it. So, therefore, it's been discovered, right? But, right. Well, I mean, and especially when it comes to, like, North America and South America, I mean, it was already discovered by other people. Exactly. Who didn't even probably think twice about the place. Exactly. When they came. Right. Like, oh, they looked around. They saw rocks. They saw trees. That's nice. Yeah. A few thousand years later, people are like, oh, my goodness. We discovered this new place. People are like, yeah, it looks the same to me. It's nothing yeah. new. Yeah. But I guess my point is that... Um, I guess I'm responding to you saying it's too abstract. I don't think it is. Well, yeah, and, and you know, I think one thing that comforts me on a very sort of just simple level is that whether I like it or not, I desire life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whether I'm consciously choosing to desire life, like I, to desire God or, you know, like I, if you want to talk, in, talk about it on religious terms or anything like that, like, like as much as I breathe, regardless of whether I choose to or not, you know, right. in other words, I breathe when I'm asleep, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's part of my um, autonomic kind of system right. to breathe. You know, I'm yeah. breathing now. I don't have to think about breathing. I don't have to choose to breathe. But I still desire it. Exactly. That's the thing <laughs> is that, that whether or not I, I am like, like developing a strategy to <laughs> breathe or developing like a program of breathing, you know, or of, you know, like... Uh, just a, imagine the person trying to... Right. You know, like put up a breathing schedule. Yeah, it's like it's like no, you you don't get to choose whether you desire life or not. In, yeah. You you get to choose, sort of. What is it? What's where is the choice? The choice is sort of being. I think in many ways, I think it's it's being. You get to choose at what level of life you desire, right? So it's like. It's almost like, yeah, we desire life, but what does that mean? Does that mean biological existence? Does that mean short-term comfort, right? Or does it mean, you know, giving up, giving up those sort of shorter-term kind of surface-level things that seem, that, that like draw our attention and they kind of sparkle and they glitter and we're like, ooh, I want that um, kind of short-term right. um, life, or do I want the more deep, sort of essential core experience of an expression of, right. of life? So it's like, okay, yeah, whatever the case may be, I choose, I desire life. Um, and uh, that's great. And that's, that's, that's the whole point of it is, is that, you know, we were created to be alive. We were created to stay alive. We were created I think everything to, points in the direction that we, we desire life we desire life Every, everything points in that i mean yes. the fact that we breathe on our own right exactly points to even on a some the thing that created us yeah we know us we know when, we know exactly we know when we need water right even a little kid doesn't have to be taught even if i don't know my body knows my for body sure. yeah we know when we're hungry we know when we need even certain nutrients and things like that it's like yeah. some people you know like especially like you know, pregnant women, like they have certain cravings. Those are right. all like what their body needs. You know, it's like, That's interesting. and they have these random, like, you know, uh, pickles, you know, my wife had a craving for not just any kind of ice, but hospital ice. Like, you know, that like super crunchy, like the super, right, like, yeah, yeah, flaky, yeah. you know, but like even like ice, I don't remember what the, the medical 
you know, what the need is there. But she was explaining, and I was like, yeah, like there's there's a there's an actual need for her body to have this particular huh. substance. And interesting, yeah. So it's like all these different things, you know. Well, she definitely knew of it being there. Well, she didn't know why she craved hospitalized though or like yeah, why she that is like, like it comes out of the blue and then later on you 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 learn that they that there was actual the water there's a reason why you know you the, need ice is the, probably the fact that it was hospitalized versus regularized that she worked in a hospital yeah she works in a hospital yeah. that probably there's probably nothing you know biological needed about no that, but, but but still like there's certain nutrients and certain things that right. your body like, no like, like all of a sudden i start craving spinach you right know, it's like oh why do i crave spinach you right. know and then your body well, knows, I, but even your yeah. I mean, like we need certain. Um, your body, your body also gets sick, right? Even illness is an example of the body. No, so for instance, you know, I, I well, think fever is, is a way to, to right to expel, cool, to cool uh, you down. Yeah, and 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 to expel certain. Oh, yeah, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't either. Yeah, I'm just you know. Say that again. Start with fever. No, fevers fevers are are ways for us to uh, to get over some sort of illness or virus right. or something like that in our system yeah i, think I was cool. thinking of sweating yeah no sweating exactly when you when you have a fever you sweat your body's cooling itself down yeah right so all these things point to this fact that like that whether we are conscious of it or not our entire being is yearning for life mm-hmm. down to the very atom. atom right or even maybe subatomic you know like everything is is working is operating under this basic assumption that I want to stay alive. Yeah. You know, I want to stay alive. So your body desires to be alive. Right. Without you really knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really powerful and I think it's really comforting and I think it's encouraging. It's like actually like, you know, it's like, you know, I go, for some reason I'm, my mind is going back to like childbirth and stuff like that. But like, <laughs> you know, like when our kids were, you know, uh, still in the oven, um, we did these classes. They're called Bradley classes. It's a particular method of like childbirth, you know, mm. like during the labor period. Like it's a way of essentially coping with the pain of childbirth without being overly medicated. Um, and so there's a, there are ways of like training your body and your muscles to relax because your muscles don't automatically relax. But the more you kind of train them to relax in the midst of pain, you can kind of cope with pain that's more intense. Um, without having to just pop, right. you know. But the interesting thing about all this is that, I mean, there were certain aspects of the class that were important and like certain techniques to learn about relaxation that I think really helped Catherine get through childbirth without like super over-medicating herself. Um, although, she, you know, she definitely availed herself of, of certain things that were helpful. Yeah. But the interesting thing about it is that ultimately speaking, if we hadn't taken the class, if she wasn't a nurse, if she knew nothing about anything... Her body, and even if she was by herself giving birth without any, you know, I mean, certainly there can be complications, but her body knows how to Give deliver birth. this yeah. baby in a way that the baby's going to still stay alive. Yeah, that's really interesting because I, I think for the longest time, I just assumed you needed somebody there. Right. And you do. I you mean, do. certainly, you do, you know, sure. people have died in childbirth. I mean, sure, there's sure, no sure. question that, you know, having somebody there can mitigate or or sort of decrease yeah, the, help. the risk of of something going wrong but if things go as they as the body has sort of you know as as intended, life has, yeah, has intended yeah. for it to go then you could give birth you know yeah. you know totally by yourself and you know the baby's going to come out and even the mother will the ba- baby and the mother will know sort of what needs to happen on it it's like it's like when you break your arm i don't know if you've ever taken like a first aid class or something like that but when you like they say, like, like if someone breaks their arm, the first their first instinct is to hold it close to their body, hmm. and that is the right thing to do because it stabilizes the arm. You know, even even like where it is in relation to the heart and things. I mean, it's like all sorts of things. That's like our body knows what it needs to do to preserve its life and its vitality. Right. You know, and it's like no, you know, you don't have to do very much. You almost kind of have to just like trust yourself trust your deep instincts you could say to to point you in the right direction as far as like getting home which is which is getting to to be alive that uh, i think my my mind goes all when this conversation it just goes to the 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 proof that there's a intelligent you know yeah 
intelligent creator. Sure. It's not a random thing. Right. And um, and I think that, I mean, we can transition into the theological, more theological sure. um, example of the Samaritan woman. Yes. That we just passed the Sunday yes. of that. Um, and so what, what, can we talk about that? Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, um, well, I mean, I think part of this gets at that, that whole question of what is life because, you know, Jesus comes to the Samaritan woman. He's tired, right? He's weak. He asks for water. So that shows, I mean, he was a human, just like any one of us. As a human, he needed water to survive. He asks for normal water from this well from this woman, right? But then he says, he points out something about our existence that I think is, is what we're getting at when we talk about there are different levels of desire for life. He says, you know, uh, he, he makes her a counter offer and it's like, it's like here, I'll, 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 you know, I'll accept your water. But uh, by the way, you know, there is this water, living water that I could give you that would make you never thirst again. It's like we know that as thirsty as you may be, as parched as you may be, you will be thirsty again. Right. Like you, you like you're just like all you can think about, like when you're on your way home and you're super thirsty, you just ate like a really salty steak or something like that. All you can think about is just that cool glass of water that's just going to, you know, and it's just like that is the focus right, yeah, of yeah. your existence, right? <laughs> that's it. Everything else is out of the way. I just want that cool glass of water. And I'm like, if once I have that, I am set for life. Set. Right? I drink it, and it's like almost upon drinking it, if not like, you know, maybe right at the very tail end of me drink finishing that water, even before I finished it, I realized yeah. that it didn't quench me on the level of like my deeper longings there's something right. even deeper than that biological need for water in me as a human being that needs something more than just water yes it needs water sure. to, to stay alive to biologically stay alive. right but water does not fill everything right and so that's what he was getting at is that look you know you you've given me this water i'm grateful for that you know that's great but like your desire, your desire needs to go a level deeper. He's almost like telling her that your desire needs to go a level deeper than just physicality and biology and, 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 and sort of paralleling that with her, her actual life, which is going from one husband to the next, to the next, right. to the next, to the next. And the one that she's with is not her husband. And there's almost this sense, this kind of subtext that you know, we have to kind of infer that she has this sense of restlessness, the sense of like, you know, drinking the cup of water and then getting thirsty again and drinking another one and getting thirsty again and drink and thinking that these relationships perhaps are going to satisfy, but they don't, right? These relationships right. are like a cup of water right. where it's like you think by being in this relationship, it's going to be everything you need, but then you're left with the sense of needing more and right, you right. go from one to the next and you're... You're just hopping around from all these different cups of water, thinking that the next cup of water is gonna gonna do it, and it never does. So finally, she meets Jesus, right? And Jesus is not just another cup of water, right? He is the living water. Yeah. He is the water that if you drink of that relationship, whether you mess it up or lose it at one point or another, you know, ultimately that's the that's the water that you need to connect to and when you're connected to it you're good you're set mm -hmm. yeah. your, your desires are met your your life is fulfilled right you don't need anything more right what we're what we're getting at is that he essentially you know being the uncreated god is the is that thing exactly that we are trying to to get towards yeah and that that can fill us because he's the source of it all right? right he's the source of it so you get back to the source right so when you find the uh, you know you find a, a well maybe it maybe it, you know you find a well it's it's a it's a source right. of, of of water that yes. brings you life right but let's say that well dries up it can do that sure um but finding the source to something yes the actual root source the source of the source the source of the source right you know it it, it um it it will never go dry yes 
you know, um, and uh, and that all happens experientially. Sure. In the sense that, like, like yeah, you could tell somebody sure. Jesus is the source, oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But no. the whole thing, the whole point is that you have to drink a glass of water and notice that a before I drank it when I was thirsty my entire awareness my entire attention was just glued to that one cool glass of water right right that was what was going to do it for me I couldn't think of anything else right B when I first when it first touched my lips and it started to kind of quench my thirst it felt so good on a short-term level so good so pleasurable so right. you know just like it hit the nail it like it, it quenched my thirst right but then shortly thereafter like when i'm expecting it to sort of climax to this kind of like peak point and to just stay there which is what i want out of life i want that kind of like peak pleasure to just stay there for the entire for my entire existence right when i when it got to that point it either it either like hit that that Mm-hmm. that top part that roof really quickly and then bounce right back down or it never even really hit the top part it kind of just petered out and then and then all of a sudden I'm left even even, even if even if it did satisfy you the way you wanted it to satisfy you it's gone it's gone and you want you remember that moment when you were being uh, quenched by the thirst right and you want that experience again right exactly you want to be quenched by the thirst again exactly and so so even that never really quenched it right yeah so we're, what, we're kind of you know we're going you know. no no that's i mean but yeah we're kind of dancing around it but it's it's so what is it in life that truly quenches it and we, that if if we're in the right frame of mind if we're in the right if we have the right disposition will remain in us and will remain yeah. in it in that experience I think we, permanently i think we said it before that we're i mean we did um we said it before that we're looking for the source of all the source, the source of everything. Yep, and and nothing. I will... think that that really is where this whole thing comes to a yes, you know, comes to a head. Yep, is that um, that must be the 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 goal, right, of the of the existence of man. Right, it must be. It has to be because otherwise, what's the point? You what's just point? you know, you can be you go through your whole life. And and you're never gonna, you know, you're never gonna be able to, without without the source right. of water, you're always gonna be thirsty again. Yes. And that's and that's what he was basically saying to her. Yes. To the Samaritan woman, was that yeah you can uh, he did say it yeah. you can drink this and be thirsty again. I sure. Think, I think he said yeah, that. Yeah, he did. He did. And but I can give you water that, you know. Right. And that's really the, the core, uh, the purpose of. Of Christ coming to this world, right? To to show him to to become one of us, to show us his his existence in a in a personal way, very personal, yeah. So that he could show us or give us a way to get to him, right? That we could find. So our faith essentially isn't just a, a faith of of morals and abstract ethic uh, ethical uh, demands or demands. Or and ways of living our life, uh, you know, it's not a religion where we're taught how to, how, you know, a specific way to dress. Right. We need to wear this. We need to wear that in order to show our devotion to God or anything like that. It's 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 so much. It's all about the inner inner uh, the inner person. Yeah, it's all about healing the inner person, and that is truly a profound and truly humbling. To think of it, to 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 realize that that's what it is. Yeah, and it's, it's like not just another philosophy to guide us, but yeah. rather it's a it's a therapeutic and right and and a way of attaining the endless source of water, which is uh, the the creator of all. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, so the 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 source I, of life. Yeah. Wanting to wanting to help wanting us. to help us, <laughs> right? If life itself, right, biology, everything, 
desires for us to be alive right. is like rooting for us. It's right, like everything's our, rooting for us. Yeah, right. everything's rooting for us. And not only everything on this plane, on this level, but like through the incarnation, understanding in a very intimate way that the source of all that yeah. is actually rooting That's for us too. Exactly what right? I was thinking. Yeah, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not that we'd be condemned, but that we'd be saved. Like, every, like God is on our side. God wants us to be alive. He doesn't want us to die. He doesn't want us to. He doesn't want to condemn us. He desires. He desires <laughs> that all would be saved, right? As we hear, I think it's in Timothy, right? Yeah. He desires it. God wants us to be alive. Not even us wanting to be alive. God <laughs> wants us to be alive. Oof. The wellspring wants us to be alive. The, the the even so 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 water is inanimate, inanimate, right? right. It's not it's not a living being. I mean, right. it, it has little sure, <laughs> you know, subatomic particles or whatever right. in it that, that are alive, but uh, not subatomic, but microorganisms. Right. But but this is not a science. This is not as yeah. We're not we're not scientists. I'm not qualified. I'm not either. Okay. <laughs> I, but but yeah. the but the but an actual living being. That gives us life. Right. Wants us to be alive. And I yes. think that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. It's amazing. I mean, it's it, powerful. Thank it, God for that, huh? Thank Him. Thank God. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Um, <laughs> and, and, I, and yeah. That's just extraordinary. It is. It's extraordinary. It's and the, the fact that, that God became human. Yeah. To do that. He, low, he lowered Himself to our level to do that. It's incredible. It's, uh, it is incredible. So I think with that. Yes. We're we're uh, perfect. We're good on time. Yeah, and uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, thank you, Father Michael. Thank you, Stratty. This has been a pleasure. Yep, pleasure. Ple- oh yeah, not a pain. <laughs> a pleasure. All right. Well, thank you.